Okay, what's going on, everyone? It's Dr. Jordan Seda coming to you live from New York City once again. Are you ready to go to health and back? All right, let's get it. Welcome to Health and Back, a podcast run by a physical therapist focused on fitness, performance, and mindset tools for success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Jordan Seda. Anyway, I'm delighted to be accompanied this morning uh, with Dr. Juliet Whitney. I've known Dr. Whitney for a very long time. It's kind of been what, like five years now, something like that. I I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember. But um, yeah, you, you've worked in two different places, so I guess it's been a while. Yeah, I think the first time I met you, you were doing like you were heavy into CrossFit. Not that much. I had like maybe a couple of months into like CrossFit and then I injured my hip or like I had like hip pain and that's how we met. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember. By the way, uh, I just want to let it be known that I support CrossFit and the community and the exercise modality. So this isn't me trying to imply that CrossFit causes pain because it, it doesn't. Anyway, um, I'm Delighted to have Dr. Whitney on because uh, Dr. Whitney is on. Um, I'm just going to call you Juliet moving forward because we're. Yeah, we're, it sounds we're, weird. We don't have to be so proper, <laughs> but uh, Juliet's on a in a pediatric residency here in New York City, uh, which I which made me feel like she'd be a great guest to have on to talk about uh, children, childhood development, and physical activity in the child in the childhood and adolescent population, but uh, how's your residency going? It's going great. Um, I guess I'm, I'm lucky to do what I love and working with kids, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, especially during this pandemic, like that we saw like so many like bad cases um, and most of the population that was affected like were adults. But uh, busy working, studying, like trying to balance life um but when you do what you love i guess you you're always having fun i'm in my second year of pediatric residency at a children's hospital in the bronx and um that takes a lot of my time but um you know we gotta learn we gotta see patients yep yeah for sure and i mean i i certainly love what i do and i think you can see that and uh it certainly does feel less like a burden when you're obsessed with what you uh, do for a career. Uh, now, I know you're only in your second year of your residency, but what would you say would be the the most challenge? Have you had like a really challenging case or anything that was like, whoa, this is like, I never expected to come across this. And, but you're also grateful that you did. Um, I think, I mean, I don't, the cases that I don't like are usually like the child abuse cases. Um, yeah, like they always mix you think like, why would people do things like that? Mm. I think those are like the most challenging ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you say or like when they don't get better and like you expect them to get better, but then they have like something like an underlying disorder and like, you know, I'm used to like kids being resilient and like getting better. And like, that's why I chose this. Cause you know, I, I, 
I don't want to be around um, very sick people all the time. Um, like I, I love the fact that kids improve, that they can change, um, that you can like change their behavior, like like they change their lifestyles and things like that, and then like change their future. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have as much experience as you do with children, but I certainly know that uh, cho the children's developing, the child's developing brain and just uh, overall ability to learn and grow is just incredible. Now saying that, I know that we're all still, I don't, I guess the pandemic is still a thing. We can't say we're out of it yet, but <laughs> uh, because of that, I know that children weren't able to go to school in person for quite a bit of time. And I'm sure that you've noticed a lot of them haven't hadn't had uh, a lot of social interaction with other children. Did you see any difference in your population because of those changes that children had to go through? Like, I don't know, maybe less case, less serious cases in the hospital, or maybe their behavior was a little bit different. Um, so like we closed our outpatient clinics during COVID initially. Um, and then after that, we have, at least in my residency program, we have been only seeing healthy visits and some of like the sick visits, but like kids that would come with symptoms like hip pain or like foot pain or things like that that are not related to any type of uh, respiratory issues. Um, Cause we don't want to like expose all their patients to um, possible COVID or um, any other respiratory viruses. But it, yeah, it definitely changed. The population changed. Um, now, like we're seeing patients that had not visited the office for like 16 months or um, six months. Like, and that's a long time, especially in, in, a, in a kid so young. Like if they saw the doctor when they were like one month old and now you see them again when they're 15 months old, well, that's a, a huge time frame. Um, and yeah, like most parents, they were afraid to take their kids that were healthy. Uh, what will you take them to the doctor's office where you feel like um, be with another person that was sick, you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that the time that was missed because of COVID, do you think that's going to have longer term impact on on those specific children in terms of like I'm not an expert in pediatrics, but I do remember receiving a lot of vaccinations. At least my chart indicates that mm -hmm. I was vaccinated quite a bit uh, before I could consent to it. Uh, but I'm grateful <laughs> for that. I'm grateful for that. Um, but I don't know. Do you feel like children are going to have more difficult time? Are they going to be exposed to being sick later in life, or not? Or you think they'll still be all right? I think it's like too early to say that, but like everyone has been indoors. Um, they have been trying to like social distance, like they have been wearing masks, like at least most people um, doing like good hand hygiene. Um, and right now they're doing like their catch up vaccination. Like, so they're like, they're catching up right now. Um, we're definitely seeing like respiratory viruses earlier than we thought we would see them. Like we have been, uh, seeing like kids with RSV and um, other respiratory viruses at least for like four or five months, um, like, which is crazy, like during the summer to see like winter viruses. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, and like I, yeah. and I don't know like about the data, but like we have seen like atypical presentations, like they have been given like severe symptoms for longer than we were like used to see. Yeah. And the that increased uh, incidence of viruses is attributed to just not having been going to the doctor for a while or is for some other reason? Um, I don't, it, I don't think it's because they haven't been seen by doctors. I think it's just because of the fact that right now, like kids are back to school, going back to daycare. Mm-hmm. People are back like in work. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For children, it's like, they also share the home with uh, siblings and parents. So a lot mm-hmm. of potential. Yeah, I know it's, uh, down where, I, down where I work in the financial district, I think most offices are starting to at least go back part-time. So I can definitely see how people could be exposed more. But I am, but I am grateful because I think we need to interact with other people. I mean, certain people might want to work remotely for the rest of time to spare a commute, but I think mm-hmm. interacting with other people, and I'm grateful for my profession and I get to do that. Uh, it, it's really a lifesaver. It really um, keeps you... In, intrigued it breaks up the monotony of a day and uh, i really like it personally yeah it's like part of who we are as humans and kids need this type of social interaction to like especially for their development Mm -hmm. so it had to happen at some point yeah now i think this is a good segue into another topic that's a little bit more relevant in my realm of uh, physical wellness and it's that Although children do need to interact socially, I think there's a lot of value in play. I think the research supports that as well, at least. And I could have seen, I started to see it in my generation growing up that more children are becoming sedentary with technological improvements with, with video games and more op- options for streaming services to stay inside and watch movies. Have you noticed a, a trend with more children you know, leading sedentary lifestyles or has it been relatively the same? Um, so as you said, like I've been seeing kids only for two years, um, which has been like also very typical because that um, was like the beginning of COVID. Right. Um, but there's like limited data. Um, and like we have like preliminary findings that like, Yes, we have seen like a downward trend in physical activity levels in kids, especially during COVID. Um, and it had to do with like the fact that we had to like quarantine, social distancing, um, that schools closed, parents had to work from home. Um, yeah, like everything happened so fast. Um, and we had to stay at home for like over a year. So there's definitely an increase in, in sedentarism in, in children. Yeah. Even like before COVID, like we knew that like the rates of kids that would um, would do like the target of like 60 minutes of like moderate to vigorous uh, physical activity was like in the low percentage was like 24%, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's even like lower than that. Wow, lower than 24%. That's crazy. 
and I and I knew it was pretty low, but I didn't know it was that low. And I mean, I'm just a, I'm a fitness junkie now, and I think as a kid, you know, I, I used to pound an ice cream sundae after dinner sometimes, and then just play video games with my friends and drink soda. I can't even believe how much soda I used to drink. Um, mm-hmm. But luckily, I was able to change that. Uh, but I, I guess with physical activity, it's more than just the lack of desire to move. I think there's a lot of other factors. And a lot of what we talk about moving forward could be more anecdote than necessarily supported by research. But, you know, seeing all these children with lack of physical activity, what what do you believe some of the barriers might be for those children to uh, get out of that cycle of being sedentary, possibly you know, developing some childhood obesity issues among other medical, medical issues. So I've had a few patients um, and it's like pretty common to see kids that like are overweight or that are obese. And um, the first thing that I notice always is that when their parents bring them to the office, they always make comments on their weight. Like they're like, oh, like, they're fat, like, I'm pretty sure they will, like, I, I even had one that would say, um, like, in front of her son, like, I think he may qualify for the, um, the surgery. And I was like, what do you mean? Um, or like, so it's, it's like, um, it's like really hard. I think that what we have to do is like to educate, you can educate like the children, but you also have to focus on their parents, because what's going on it's not only because they don't want to work out but like they're young so they don't know how this is going to affect their future one thing two they may have some um, self-esteem issues um so they may not have that willingness or that um yeah that willingness to like change what they have they may feel just like comfortable with who they are and what they're doing um i think also habits like having new habits it's like really hard um for kids like even for us as adults that we know what's good for us and what's not um it's it's really challenging um yeah Yeah. so um yeah it's we know that like having a sedentary behavior it's it's is a risk factor for heart problems, for like mental health, um, for our bones, for and for like future like chronic diseases that we could have as adults. Um, but I believe it's like a, a group effort that we have to do. It's not only the kids, it's also the parents, it's also the public health that includes pediatricians in there. Yeah, I I definitely can see the, you know, when you said self-esteem, I thought about myself as a, as an overweight child and thinking about why, you know, going to a swimming pool, it's always like that neighborhood swimming pool thing where, you know, you have to take your shirt off and you feel uncomfortable because you you're overweight and the other kids might not necessarily be. And you're just like at a a very low point. And it's hard. Like, I think if any parents are, are listening to this, I want, you to understand that it's important to and you can comment on this if if you like but it's important to have honest conversations with your child make sure Mm -hmm. that you know underneath it all it may not all be 
great, even though they're putting on um, the, or at least displaying that they're they're potentially happy, or maybe they, they have behaviors that show that they're not. So I think it's important to really connect with your children, because I, it was definitely a sensitive subject for me, and then getting picked on in elementary school, because kids are, are ruthless sometimes, and, and sometimes when you're, yeah. especially when your comfort zone is making poor like food choices as a means of coping with that that negative talk and self-talk and just overall bullying to a degree it just becomes a negative cycle and you want to try to break that as early as possible yeah like kids you know have no filter so in school like they will say whatever comes out out their mind um mm -hmm. but the thing is that like there's like research that shows that bullying usually starts at home. Interesting. And yeah, and starts with parents. Like they may say things that they don't think are hurtful, but um, yeah, it happens. Like yeah, we call we call things like that uh, nocebos. In um, I mean, I, I, it's all it's in the medical world in general. But saying something that is hurtful, even if it may not be intended to to be hurtful uh, so we have to choose our word one of my favorite sayings all time of all time is um, reckless words pierce like a sword but the tongue of the wise brings healing mm -hmm. uh, I, I just wanted to sound philosophical for a little bit but <laughs> but it is something i believe in so understanding like the right type of words to use with with a child and the right time i think that's like next level parenting which i'm not a parent yet uh, someday I, I aspire to be still looking for someone to be a parent with but that's for another <laughs> another podcast episode and this is not a call to action for me looking for a uh, <laughs> a baby mother i'm not not yet not yet well now everybody knows <laughs> anyway you made a comment before about the uh, general physical activity guidelines for children uh could you repeat that again. I think it was like 60 minutes of moderate activity. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, 60 minutes of uh, moderate to vigorous um, physical activity every day. Every day. Um, every day. And um, for kids between five to 17. And then um, they recommend like bone loading and muscle strength also activity at least three times per week. So by saying muscle and bone loading, does that mean that, in your opinion, would resistance training be safe, a safe thing for children to do? I think so. I think uh, if they're able to do it properly and with the right technique, I think it's, it's safe. Right, you hear that, children? Go grab some weights and uh, find someone to help you learn how to do it safely because It'll also keep you away from the video games for a little bit too. And um, mm -hmm. there's also just a lot of inherent benefits to resistance training other than muscle loading, especially for mental health, just feeling resilient and strong. Uh, I know I've seen transformations in my own body and some, some of those in my clients as well from resistance training. So I think getting people into that habit early on is, uh, is something I wish I had as a child when I was pretty much just doing like park-based sports. And I know that sometimes you don't have a gym necessarily available. So that could be a, a barrier to getting some resistance training in, but 
plenty of things you can do at home nowadays as well. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think the challenge for resistance training in children is trying to make it fun. Sometimes just like picturing someone in a gym lifting weights could be pretty boring. So I, yeah. one of, uh, I took a couple courses with a, a chiropractor, Dr. Craig Liebenson. I really respect his work and I love his treatment philosophy. And he's always talking about gamifying movement. So like trying to just like have fun with and put, make like certain, and I know pediatric physical therapists are probably better than I am at this. It's like just trying to make a game out of a, an exercise so that you're not so yeah. specifically on like, oh, I'm lifting this way. It's like, oh, I have an objective. There's a task here. I have to complete it. But at the same time, it's accomplishing like bone and muscle loading. And I think uh, it, there's, there's no right way to do it, but I think that that would be the way to get children yeah. to learn to uh, resistance training. Yeah. And like, we have to start early as parents. I mean, when kids go to the office, we see them like once a year only. So most of the work will be done at home. What we do is just like counseling and like we identify if they have like any risk factors. Um, we try to educate parents, but most of the work will be done at home. Right. Um, and then, yeah, like first thing that we always tell them is like find something that your kid loves and then that won't be um, a burden for them. It's not like you're like pushing them to do something. They will be um, the ones um, that will take the lead in that part. Um, the other thing is that they need family support. So if you have an older brother or an older sister, whatever, um, or even as a parent, and if you work out, like if you jog, if you uh, run, take your kids with you. They may like it, they may not. I used to run with my father when I was younger. I don't like it anymore, but I enjoy like talking to him and spending yeah. time with him. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I also don't like running very much anymore, but I was grateful and I still am grateful. My father's still in my life and uh, he doesn't like sports at all, but he would at least like take us to the park. I always remember my brother and I, like he would like pitch to us and play baseball and we would hit the ball and he would always just like facilitate us doing active things. Mm -hmm. So that was super. And it also helped us build a stronger bond with our father. So I think no, I'm one of the lucky ones to have a father that wanted to be so involved in our development. And I, I like to think that I, I turned out okay after how he, how he raised me. So uh, fathers, mothers out there, make a, make a conscious effort to be in your, your child's lives. Now there is this, there is something I was wondering, cause I haven't been in, in a elementary school or any sort of school in a long time. Uh, we used to have a pretty long recess period and gym period in um, when I was going to school. Have you heard anything about that changing? Like, are kids getting less physical activity in school now? I don't know about it right now because I know that they're back to school. They like things may have changed. Right. Um, but like when they were doing remote learning, they had like fifteen minutes per day um, to like do physical activity plus whatever um, gym class they had. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're probably back to what they were doing before. Okay. That's, yeah, I mean, that's I, what I assume. Yeah, I, the only thing I know about elementary schools now is that the water fountains are too low for me to drink from. 
and that the toilets are like you really got to squat down to go into the urinal but <laughs> other than that i haven't been in a school in a, in a while um so just curious me neither yeah, I mean, yeah. I, but i i would actually you know if, if there are any school administrators out there listening to this i am more than welcome more than happy to do any sort of outreach to children to help get them motivated to move earlier so hopefully uh, anyone out there who is interested, I'm more than happy to talk about how we can make that happen, uh, because I do think we need to start early with children and get them excited to move and get them to understand what we were discussing before about tackling all these aspects of overall well-being and health. So just a call to action there. Um, but uh, Juliet, in terms of I guess if anyone listening wanted to take something away, like say they didn't listen to any of this and they tuned in right now, what would you say would be like one or two takeaways that someone could derive from listening to this that would help them be a better parent or get their child to be healthier? Um, I just want them to know how important it is for kids to do any type of physical activity it's not just about their bodies but it that like we have data that shows that it also helps with internalizing behaviors like depression or anxiety or externalizing things like aggressiveness or impulse control so it's not just about their bodies um so this is really important and they should start as early as they can I think that um, it could also help them spend like quality time with their children. So find something that either you like and that you think that your kid may like and share time with them or try to find something that they like, try to encourage them to like do activities in family with like with the family or if they have a friend, like try and encourage them to do things together um take the stairs don't take the elevator um, try to walk to school if it's within a reach reachable um distance um but yeah also the amount of physical activity that kids do like daily it's related to the amount of screen time that they they have so as parents, we can set rules. And um, at some point we're responsible of the amount of time that our kids spend in front of a TV or uh, playing video games or like in social media. And um, so we have to set boundaries. It's not about like being the bad parent, but it's about like caring for them and caring about their future. Cause like physical activity, um can do a lot for them yeah i already told myself that if i have a family and i'm i hope i'm lucky enough one day to have one that i'm going to be going on like a national park tour with my children just like hiking up mountains and right driving across the country just to like i so i can hike they can hike and everyone because that's something i enjoy doing so to keep my kids active get them in the habit early um definitely something i have I have planned, mm -hmm. um, but uh, in terms of uh, because I think we're we're approaching the, the end of this. 
So you're in your second year now. Um, so what's next for you in terms of like how many more years do you have? Are you, do you have any other rotations coming up? Um, I'm in the pediatric ICU right now. I am going to an outpatient rotation, which is a little bit uh, more laid back. Um, but by the end of this year, um, I will be a third year resident. And for now, I think I'm going to apply for a fellowship. Um, so that would be either two or three more years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's what I want to do. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think the, the world is going to be, or especially New York City, is going to be a better place with you leading the front lines of our uh, pediatric centers of, of development. If you choose to uh, do pediatrics uh, in the long term, uh, just knowing you as a person and um, what you've shared with us today, I think you know, any parent who, who brings their child and trusts their child with, with your care is going to be rewarded. Uh, so I really do hope that you continue your amazing work with, with children and uh, continuing to stay in touch with me because I look forward to seeing how you progress uh, during this journey. Um, and I'm really grateful that you took time on a Sunday morning when you don't have a lot of time as a medical resident. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say before we sign off? Yeah, um, I just like want parents to be aware that our kids need uh, reinforcement, they need to be told what they're doing right, what they're doing uh, wrong, um, but we have to do it in a very loving way. And even if they don't lose weight, but they're keeping their weight, just like be there and saying like, yes, you're doing this right, like you have not gained any weight. If they're losing weight, even better. Um, but you have to celebrate even the small changes because that's what like make them um, um, continue, you know? Yeah. Like if... Go ahead. Oh, no. Because, um, like, as a child, I think sometimes you're looking for, like, what your parents have to say and their attention and um, for, like, yeah. So I just, like, be patient. Yeah. I... I am not probably gonna do primary care, but I also struggled with uh, weight issues initially. And I think that um, my parents were always, like they didn't say anything to me, but my dad was like, do you wanna go running? Do you wanna go uh, play soccer? And those are things that stayed with me. I may not have even liked running in the first place, but the fact that like I got to like do something with him, I really love that. Yeah, I think parents, uh, it's important to set the table for your child's success, like be active as, as Juliet was saying, and give your child the best resources possible to make good decisions. You don't want to set your child up for failure. And you, I think as long as you're doing the best that you can as a parent, even if it's not necessarily like, um, like maybe you have too much soda at home and you don't think it's that bad, but maybe start That's another thing. <laughs> start taking some of that soda away or may, or again carve out the time for your, your child make a healthy lifestyle as possible as can be 
And I know there are many resources that, that uh, and barriers for that matter that keep these things from happening. So I don't want to sound like I'm insensitive to the fact that it's easier for some than others, but if you do the best you can, I think you have to be, be proud of yourself as a parent that you're doing everything you can to give your child the best possible opportunity. But it, but even if you run out of resources, there are people like, like Juliet, uh, like myself to a lesser degree, and just a whole community of people out there that want children to succeed because children are our future. And I, I'd like to think that we have a, a strong one and it's, it's challenging. I, I get it, but it's possible. And I'll do the best I can to be one of those people on TikTok or Instagram that puts educational content that appeals to uh, younger generations as well. I want to help dispel, and I know there's a lot of information out there as well that makes it difficult to know what's right and what's wrong, especially mm -hmm. if it's not to the most viral song out there. Uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, be one of the advocates of, of public health and, and well-being. Yeah. And parents, as you said, they're not alone. Um, you should talk to your pediatrician. There's like health educators, there's nutritionists. There's a lot of support out there. This is a public health issue. Um, and I know that it requires a lot of um, advocacy from pediatricians and um, they have to see data, but like we know that this is an issue. And if you ask your pediatrician or somebody for help, they should be able, able to provide you with resources. Yeah, uh, uh, Juliet, I'm, I'm again, so grateful that you, you took the time to, to join me here. Um, and for all of you listeners out there, please continue to share this podcast to Health and Back with your friends and family. Uh, I do believe we have quality content on here that will be, uh, a good resource to all of you. And if not, just uh, listening to my weekly banter with people that I care about and I respect in various industries like Juliet. Uh, but for now, stay sexy, beautiful people, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Health and Back. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And in the meantime, to connect with Dr. Jordan Seda, you can contact him through all social media networks at dr.jordanseda and online at theabstractphysio.com. Until next time, and remember, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. <laughs>